Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. How about you? It's It's been a week, but yep. uh, you know, it it tends to be a week these days. So um lot of a uh, lot of you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of work, not all of it's very voice related, but um you know, a lot of uh, a lot of other assorted stuff. So it's always good to be able to to take some time out in the week and talk about voice or voice adjacent technology that we're playing. Yeah. So I found my time myself like digging into docs and um, kind of tracking an issue, and it's it's related to voice, but it's it's not directly related to voice. It's kind of like right on the very edge, literally on the edge of. Uh, a voice, and uh, I don't know. I thought maybe we can talk a little bit about it. Sure. So what what, so, what, what was the issue, or or what did you solve? All right. So typically, when I create Alexa skills, I host them in Lambda. It's it's there's a lot of reasons. It's easy to do, and it's um, it's cost effective, and there's some shortcuts that you can take um, yep. because and you're talking you know, Alexa, Amazon directly to Lambda, and there's some shortcuts they can take because yep. they, and, they and all... even now when you now normally when you host in Lambda, you are running the Lambda yourself or using the Alexa hosted environment. I have never hosted a skill in production from the hosted environment. It came okay. out after yeah. I you know started doing it and uh -huh. Uh, I guess I already have a workflow that down that, and plus there are some limitations and um, and kind of like at some point in time, if you outgrow it, then you have to move it to a self-hosted anyway. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just self-hosted. <laughs> Makes sense. So, but when you when you do that and you're not using Lambda, which means you're using some other you know technology or hosting this. Someplace else, it could be you know, uh, Docker. It could be um, I don't know. There's just a number of different ways that you, you can know, could host do it, it on Azure own. or Google Cloud or yeah, any of the cloud services or yeah, a data center, your box at home, opening up a tunnel to the internet. I not recommended, but yeah, sure, you could you could host it anywhere. But there's a problem in the fact that. Um, you have an endpoint that is your Alexa skill, uh, and it needs to needs, you need to hit it with an HTTPS uh, like post request. And how do you know that the request is coming from Amazon and only from Amazon? Yep, uh, um, that's always, so that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> well, and and let's understand what the the risks are if you don't. You know, sure yeah. you could say, well, you know, nobody's going to find this this webhook endpoint and yet people do and in some cases depending on the reply you know they'll if they start poking it and start getting back replies they can figure out what is supposed to be there yeah. you know, if, if it looks like an alexa like response they're now going to be able to send you alexa looking like requests and you know they could do some they could do things from you know being very malicious to very exploitative, depending on what your service is. So this is something yeah. we need to to be um, very aware of. Yeah, and you know, if it's a if it's a hobby side project, you may not be so concerned. But if it's a client project or or something that's you know has a person uh, 
using account linking and linking to some some other system or something, that, then you probably care a lot more. So, uh, but you, you still have to um, solve this issue because you won't be able to s submit your skill for certification until these different checks are are made to make sure that <laughs> yes, the the web point um, is secure um, and. And, and everything's good there. So that's interesting. They tested to make sure that it won't handle invalidly authorized requests. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a number of like when you go to certify it, there's like a pre-check, like a verification check that you can do. Uh -huh. And I hadn't really hit this before. Um, I don't do a lot of um, non-lambda hosted, you know, self-hosted skills. So uh, I hadn't really hit it before, and it seemed like it was had passed. This, the verification check, but then um, uh, it got kicked back. And and then when I tried it again, it actually gave me some errors and the errors were indicating like, we tried to access access this insecurely and your data came back. And you're like, oh, I don't have these checks in place, obviously. So, so then I had to go, yeah, I had to go back, go out and, and kind of check like, what are the different ways that you can secure this? And so um, there's a document online. It's uh, officially titled, if you wanted to search for it, um, host a custom skill as a web service. And, uh, and we'll and, post links to all of these documents in the notes below. Yeah. So what it's basically saying is, is that, all right, you've got a request coming from the Alexa service and it's hitting your webhook. And there's certain things, you know, besides the payload being the JSON, that is your request that includes your intent and all that stuff. There's other things as part of the request. There's headers um, that that are happening, uh, that are being passed that that you need to deal with. And so I'm not going to go through all of them, but like uh, all the details. But the, the two things that you need to know is that the two headers is there's one called signature 256 and another one called signature search chain URL. So... Now, it's interesting to me because um, tools like Dialogflow have the same needs. You know, they yep. need, again, anything that has a webhook like this in some way needs to validate that request. And Dialogflow provides a number of methods, some of which are, to be fair, pretty insecure. Um, but one of the things they do support, though, is authenticating with a service identity token. And that token is sent as part of the authorization header, which is a standard HTTP header, and is a bearer token that is JWT encoded. Okay. So it uses a standard encoding uh, method. So it's interesting that Alexa chose to go with a, a different approach. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll I'll go through kind of the, the the approach, but at the very high level is that the the URL that you pass is actually a URL to a certificate that Amazon provides, and um, it's dynamic. It could change. You, you know uh, that the, part of the reason why it's being passed is because over time certificates expire, and you need to issue new certificates, and so. And also, um, let's be clear, these certificates have a fairly short lifespan. We're talking minutes or hours here, not days, weeks, months, years. These are very short-term certificates. So I, I, I haven't tested that part. I don't know. <laughs> um, I haven't downloaded the certificate and to see how what the, the lifespan of it is. But that I'll take your word for it for right now. I'll, I'll, I'll verify later. 
the I guess the three key key pieces is there's that URL. There is the actual body, string body of the of the JSON request um, that's coming in, and then there is a signature. So what happens is that before this request happens on the Alexa server, then the body is signed using the certificate, and the signature is sent along as long as well as the certificate, so that on our side there's a number as of well as, that, as well as the URL of the certificate. As well as the URL of the certificate. Right. So what needs to happen on on the on this other side is kind of like as soon as you receive the request in, then you need to do a number of checks. One, well, the checks is that like it's got both of those headers and that the certificate URL that you're being passed is a specific format. It's you know, it's coming from a specific place from Amazon. Um and then you need to download the certificate and you take the, the request body and you re-sign it and then you compare the signatures to make sure that nobody tampered with the JSON that was being passed in as, as the body of the of the request. Makes a lot so, of sense. And, and it's it's very secure. And the reason why um that certificate rotates frequently is because there's always a concern about a replay attack. So if somehow that a valid if someone determines what packet has gone through, they can now easily recreate a new one and replay it. And to avoid that, one of the, the tricks is to have certificates rotated very frequently. Um, Google does something very similar. So encoded in the JWT that's sent across is the location of Google certificate, uh, some timeframes when this packet should be accepted, this, this header should be accepted as valid, um, it also includes the identity of the project that it's for. So you can verify, yes, this is my project. This is really intended for me. Okay. Um, and that's, that's another additional step that you can go through to, to make sure this is really valid and intended for you. Um, but otherwise, very similar concept. You know, you've yeah, got a no, signature no. that comes in that you need to verify. So, so part of the JSON request that's coming in is an application ID, which is the the skill ID. Right. So you could do that check. It's not part of this check, but you could do an additional check to make sure that. Oh, and it's coming in for the the expected skill that I'm that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. But also part of that JSON request is a timestamp, and that that is actually the timestamp that's checked to see. Um, if it's within 150 seconds of of the current time uh, and rejects it. So that, that pre prevents the replay. And the fact that you can't change that body without affecting the signature and invalid right. th thus invalidating the signature means that that's... So, so there's a possibility that the Amazon certificate could actually be for a longer time span because the date is, is signed um, in, inside of that signature. And so... Uh, you know, it's it's doing that additional check, but uh, somehow you want to make sure that one the the contents isn't tampered with, and two you're protected against replay. Are are the two yep. main concerns? Okay, so we've uh, we have a JSON payload, we have a signature, we have a URL that gets the that for the certificate, and we've gotten the certificate. How do we do this? Val you know, and and we know roughly how to do this, but how do we actually do this? 
Well, you could do it by yourself, but that's not recommended. <laughs> there are libraries out there that that handle that for you. Um, and so on this particular project, I'm um, hosting the the code is actually um, hosted in an Express JS server. So that's the thing that's that's actually exposing an endpoint, listening for specific endpoints, and then and then funneling that in into some sort of a handler. And then at the very very beginning of those handlers, um, then then these different checks are done. So one approach would be to use something called the Alexa verifier middleware. So there's a library called Alexa Verifier, and its job is to do those checks. It takes in the, the certificate URL, it downloads the certificate, it takes in the signature that you passed, and it takes in the, the, the request body and does all those different checks. And if it um, passes, then it, then it moves on. If it fails, then it returns back a, like a 400 error or something. I, like I was going to ask what happens if it fails and how, does, how yeah. is that supposed so, to be reported? So yeah, so a any non two hundred response coming back from that re re request kicks back to Amazon, and what the user ends up hearing is that you know there's been a problem with the endpoint or something like that. Um, okay. Um, I don't know if it's like there's been a problem with the requested skills. Uh, no, I don't know. There's there's some some something that some generic like huh message for a user like I don't understand what's what's going on, but. So that's that's one approach, Alexa verifier middleware calling verifier. And, and the middleware part is part of ExpressJS. ExpressJS is like a pipeline. You can set up various things, middlewares that happen. And even before you know your handler yeah. gets hit. Um, so, so that's one approach. And that's kind of the approach that I started looking at. And I discovered that there had been some changes. Um, March of this year, there had been some changes to the um, the recommendation or the the, the requirements um, of of these different checks. And they changed Amazon changed the name of one of the um, headers. Instead of signature, it changed to signature two fifty six because it was doing a uh, a SHA two fifty six. Um, check now on the on the um, you know the, on the signature, uh -huh. and so um, the fact that that changed meant, meant that this older um, library no this, longer was checking didn't, the right didn't work, didn't apply. It hadn't been updated. Um, uh, it's kind of funny because um, in the Amazon documentation, it says uh, it's, it's got like a set off on a yellow box. It says important with the with the warning you know triangle explanation point. If you currently validate the signature header against the SHA-1 hash of the HTTP request body, we recommend that you update your implementation to validate the signature 256 header against the SHA-256 hash of the HTTP request body. Now, they're no longer passing the signature header. <laughs> so I guess it's recommended in the sense that if you want this to work, then yeah, go ahead and update to the signature 256 header. But but it's just a recommendation. Uh, so it's, it's so, required. It's, okay, so it's required. this library, so if this library <laughs> didn't work for you, what what did you end up doing? Well, I started. I had to look around at other things, um, and so the. The, the thing that I, I came across that I, I I know that I do Jovo and that's a, a lot of you know stuff that I do 
Um, and so in some cases that's um, a little different than a lot of the documentation that you get, you know, coming coming out of from Amazon because their their open source framework for doing this is the Alexa Skills Kit for Node.js version two. Um, <clears throat> and so I knew that they would have to have solved the same problem there. Um, and so I, I started looking into it and 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 inside that same group of projects for the Alexa SDK, there is a project called Ask SDK Express Adapter. So it's an adapter that you can plug into Express that does these checks. Now, there's two different ways that you can use this library. And the first one didn't work for me because the first one, it was overly helpful in the fact that it would take the request, but at the very end, it would just put you right into the, the pipeline for Alexa Skills Kit. So the fact that it wanted to jump into that framework and I'm like, I, I don't want that framework. I want a different, I want to use my Jovo stuff. Um, so that didn't work. But if you're doing Alexa Skills Kit, then that's, that's the approach that you could. But um, thank you developers of this library because that they've also made a way that you could pull out just the, the two verifiers um, from the library and you could use the verifiers in your own code. And so that's okay. that's kind of the approach that I, that I, I took. So I had to, um, you know, in the in the handler for Express, then went ahead and, and, and added um, the verifiers they, and they've gotten split up. So there's a verifier that actually does the um, the 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 check for um, for the, the the signature verification, and then there's another verifier for the timestamp. Okay, um, and so that so that actually worked. They they created it so that you could use that in any web application, and so all I, I just had to figure out. Um, okay, after that succeeded, what do I need to then pass on to the code that was already there that would turn that that request coming that HTTP request coming in into something that would be feed into the Jovo framework. Pipeline. Okay. So you needed yeah. a, to find a good way to front end the Jovo framework. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. So, yeah. So, sounds good. It, but it took a little while and, you know, some experimenting and you're I'm like, why is this not working? And, and I finally discovered that there was like, oh, there has been a change to the signature header and one of the libraries did not update. Um, yeah. That's, you know, that. That is in some ways the beauty of open source, but also the the pain yeah. of open source. Exactly. You know, the developer who did it may have moved on, and they don't need the code either way anymore. Yeah. So now what? Yeah. Who 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 keeps maintaining it? Right. And... Who who needed to know? Who should be paying attention when changes like this came down the pipeline? Yeah, and, and it's like if you if you're not actively doing this, then you wouldn't have you know. You would, yeah. It's it's not like Amazon reaches out and say, "Hey, I noticed that you're using <laughs> SHA one. You need to switch that to SHA twenty fifty six." Here, yeah. I'm going to find all the open source projects out there that are helping with this verification step, and I will notify you personally when these things change. That's that's right. that's the you know the challenge of open source is that sometimes um, libraries, APIs, what, whatever specifications change. Um, and if you're built on top of that, then you need to make sure that you're updating yep. over time. So, but it sounds like you've uh, successfully gotten it working. The, that <laughs> part, that part is working. There is some other environment issue that's that's um, my next uh, 
blocker, but okay. Working so, but through the authentication that, is working. Yes, that authentication piece is working. Okay. Any anything else in particular on this uh, on this chunk of code? No, but well, when I said this was like literally on the edge, it really is on the edge. It's this the step that the very first thing that gets hit that checks to make sure yep. that this is coming from Amazon. It's not directly voice. It's not like conversation flows. It's not the logic. But without but it, it is, without yeah. it, our webhooks for skills don't work. Yeah, exactly. So, so sometimes uh, uh, you get to find yourself in in particularly interesting places. Uh, we've talked about before, like we're, we're we're doing something, and this particular skill needs account linking. So now you find yourself in OAuth two land, uh, trying to figure out all the different parts that you need to understand to uh, to get something you know working successfully in that area too. So it's just kind of comes with the the territory. Um, but yep. uh, I'd be interested to hear what other people have uh, encountered. That's, you know, it doesn't seem like it's directly involved with writing the voice experience that they're writing, but it's one of those things that has to happen. Yep. And if you do have your thoughts on this, uh, you can reach out to us at the usual locations, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, comments below. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um you know, the, the bits that you've encountered, you know, how have the skills that you've needed to learn elsewhere been brought into play to build yeah. uh, skills that your technical skills for building Alexa skills? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I never thought about that one before. That's... I, I understood that. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'd love to hear about it and we will talk about it another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care. Take care. <laughs>